Sometimes you need to take control to make a difference. That's why with FlexPath from Capella University, you're in control. Set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move at a pace that works for you. Discover a different way forward at capella.edu. Sometimes life can feel like a pressure cooker. From our work life to our personal lives and relationships, there's so much to balance. It's easy to feel weighed down when you're experiencing anxiety, stress, or sadness. Guess what? You are not alone. Support is all around you. No matter where you are, all you need to do is ask. Let us help you find a community at churchescare.com. Churches are communities of care. Go to C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S-Care.com to explore the possibilities. Churchescare.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. All Hit Radio! X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our growing family of broadcast affiliates right around the world. Our website is www.exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites. One simple address, TV, And my website, if, uh, my, my email address, I'm sorry, if you'd like to send me an email, show idea, guest idea, or you'd just like to ask us a question here at the Exxon, just send an email to exxon at exxonradiotv.com. My first guest tonight, ExoNation, is Robert Brenner. He is an engineer, amateur scientist, college professor, historical genealogist, and a professional speaker with an extensive experience in research and information publishing. A retired naval officer with a distinguished service in both nuclear submarines and microelectronic research and development, he holds a bachelor's degree and two master's degree. He is recognized by the Department of Defense as a pioneer in a very high-speed integrated circuit research and development. Now, he's the author of 51 books, including Small Guide to Pricing, Pricing Web Services, Pricing Tactics, and many other ones. But we're going to be talking to Robert today about um, something that, well, it's one of my favorite topics. And we're going to be talking to Robert about uh, the supernatural and strange happenings in the Bible, an engineer study of the scripture. 
And Robert's website is www.brennerbooks.com. And Robert, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. All right, Robert, uh, what is your interest in the, in the paranormal when it comes to the Bible? Trying to understand what is really in the Bible, and uh, this all began back after the, the 9-11 when uh, the nation was attacked by uh, the terrorists and we lost so many people. And mm-hmm. I was trying to understand why there's so much tragedy out there. Uh, my mother was living in Michigan and was in an assisted living apartment after my dad had died and graduated out of this life, and then she moved into a senior care facility. And as a Christian lady and interested in me and my writing, even though I was writing books about pricing, mm-hmm. she asked me to start writing books about the Bible, things that interested her, and things like giants and dragons and demons and supernatural powers. And these articles were really popular with the people at the center, and each time an article would arrive, the nurses would read it to all the, the residents there, mm-hmm. and more and more people began encouraging me to write a book. And so here I am out in California. I'm running my own small research and information publishing company, and then the bottom falls out of the economy in 2007, 2008, and we had the Great Recession. And my buyers of pricing books were less interested in pricing and more interested in survival for their businesses, and many of them actually didn't survive. So what happened is my sales of pricing information dropped off by 50% in just two months and never did recover, so I started looking for another genre of books to write. Mm-hmm. And about this time, a minister and two business owners challenged me. They said, do research in the Bible and find out every instance and event that relates to something supernatural or paranormal. And since my pricing information books weren't selling real well, I decided to go off and that. So I put my energy into research, began reading the Bible and interest. And, and anything is supernatural. I looked for a, through a number of translations of the Bible, and I was on a vertical learning curve. It gave me a whole new perspective of Bible history. Here's an engineer studying a book on Scripture, a guy who's trained to analyze, hypothesize, and develop criteria for testing and all the scientific method. But the analysis of the Bible often relies on historical records with interpretations based on the perceptions of the writer and archaeological evidence whose origin may be called into question. And so what I decided to do is I would analyze the Bible with an open mind, I would view it through the eyes of a technically trained and skilled professional, and just carefully read and capture descriptions of what had happened. I didn't intend to challenge or analyze how some of the incidents could occur. I just wanted to identify the supernatural and strange things that are recorded in Scripture and soon assume that all things are possible. And so I embarked on this program of intense research and study. It's been an amazing journey for me. And actually, uh, the Bible, to me, I have a a colloquial uh, description for it. I call it the Book of Secrets. And these secrets are now starting to be divulged to people. I had, for me, I opened a door to a completely different world, a mystical world of beings from other dimensions and humans and extraterrestrials of amazing power. All right, Robert, we've got to take a commercial break. We'll be back in two minutes. XO Nation, Robert Brenner's our guest. We're talking about his uh, book that investigates the Bible, looking for supernatural mysteries. It's entitled... Supernatural and Strange Happenings in the Bible, an engineer study of scripture. His website is www.brennerbooks.com. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We'll be back on the other side of this news of this commercial break. Don't go away.
Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the X-Zone radio show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com. Have a disease that you would like to alleviate through a natural means? Have you been contacted by angels, ghosts, or even extraterrestrials and want to validate these experiences? Or would you simply like to speak with someone who can help you find your life's purpose? I'm Dr. Joseph Mara, and I'm offering my services free of charge for first-time clients contacting me during the month of April. These free consultations include angel card readings, guided meditations, life coaching, and energy healing. If you have always wanted to explore these types of experiences but were skeptical or simply could not afford them, then take advantage of this free special offer. Contact me through my website, a guiding light spelled L-I-T-E dot com, to schedule your consultation today. Until then, I offer you love, light, and laughter. Robert Brenner is my guest. He's the author of Supernatural and Strange Happenings in the Bible, an engineer study of Scripture. His website is www.brennerbooks.com. So tell me, um, during your research or your study of the Bible and looking for the, the uh, supernatural, were you ever shocked at what you found? I was elated. I was on a vertical learning curve, and I'm just so excited. The more I studied, the more I researched, the more excited I got because I was looking at it through the eyes of an engineer, but I was seeing things that were in the Bible that I never saw before in my whole life. And I found 550 verses that dealt with something supernatural or paranormal. 
And of those, mm-hmm. I combined the ones that were repeated in, in, in other other books of the Bible, ended up with 390 unique incidents, and almost all of them surprised me. Now, when we look at the Bible, we have to, in my opinion, take that time in history that it was written, what the knowledge of that time in history was, who wrote it, what their what their motivation for writing whatever it is they wrote was, and how it applies to today. Um, so how can we look at the Bible and say, all right, this was really a supernatural event that happened so many years ago? Okay, how, how can we look at that? Yeah, how do we determine what whether it's a truly a supernatural event or an event that they just didn't understand, and to them it was mystifying, like they, didn't, they had no knowledge of science, biology, quantum physics, they knew nothing about astronomy. So, you know, it, they were pretty simple people. That's right, and they described things in the, the perception that they had from their perch on a tree. So mm-hmm. when they wrote things, they wrote in their version and, or what they saw. And what I did is I looked at things in the eyes of what I see, and I compared the two, little simple things. And some of the things can be explained, too, like the, uh, the darkness that during the plagues, when the, it, was, it was dark for three days and nobody could see anything. Well, when the mm-hmm. USS Carl Vinson was out in the, in the Persian Gulf and they were over by Yemen, they had a, a storm come through, a dust storm, and the dust is real tiny particles, and they couldn't see anything. They couldn't take any planes, couldn't fly off the, the, the carrier to put everything down below in a hangar deck and just button everything up because it was too dark out there. And a lot of people got ill in the countries around there because of that, that storm, and that went on for three days. So it's something like that that happened, and they wrote about it in the Bible how they couldn't see anything. Okay, so let me ask you. Let me ask you this: Is the Bible a book of fantasy? Is the Bible a book of fact? Did everything, in your opinion, happen as it was written in the Bible? For example, did God create the planet and the heavens and the earth and everything that we know in seven days? I believe so. How do you... my reading that, that that's correct the I don't I'm not questioning what's in the Bible mm-hmm. I'm trying to identify what's in the Bible and see what I can put together from that and and what I can identify as any articles like I wrote the articles for each chapter in the book on power over matter and power over people and so mm-hmm. on each article I wrote I wanted to describe what happened where it happened when it happened and who the players were involved and some of these players are pretty fascinating people and some of the events in there are pretty fascinating, too. Whether they actually happened or not, that I leave to the reader to, to, to make a determination. I provide all the information so you can do that. But if you're, if you're providing all the information, aren't you then giving the, the reader the information that he will require to make the decision? Because your book, you know, your book is, states you know, supernatural and strange happenings in the Bible. So are you saying That's that right. they really happened, or are they conjecture? What I'm saying is, in, from what I've read, mm-hmm. I believe these things happened. Now, whether someone chooses to believe that or not believe that, that is their choice. But here's the, the sources of where I got the information. Um, they can read that, okay. they can go through it, they can digest it, they can add to it, and then make their own decision. When it comes to Noah and the Great Flood, what was your... Your findings on that that event? That was a fascinating story because uh, at that time, the uh, before the flood occurred, the whole earth was 
covered by this uh, canopy, if you will. It's about probably a couple of meters thick. Mm-hmm. And that canopy went around the earth, and it was, it was moisture. And so the sun did not get through that. So it's kind of like being up in Seattle, Washington all the time, where it's usually drizzly, kind of a light drizzle coming down. And these people had that all around the earth. And the earth is one big, giant uh, piece of earth with uh, water springs that were feeding the, the plants. And there was the moisture around the earth. And at the time, there were giants, and we'll talk about that, I imagine, sometime later here, too. But there were people were really tall because they were protected from the cosmic radiation. And Noah and his sons and his wife were all there in the up in Mesopotamia. And uh, they were told to go ahead and build this ark. Now, at the time that he was told to build the ark, he was already 600 years old. And his dad, uh, Lamech, and uh, Methuselah, his grandfather, were all still alive. And like most of the people around there, I imagine, his father and grandfather thought he was nuts, but he, he was building this ark out of, out of wood, this huge mm-hmm. ark. And uh, he had his sons, and his uh, sons' wives all helped him do it. It took him 120 years to build this thing, and by the time he got it done, the uh, Methuselah and Lamech both had passed on, and they died. And so all they had left in, in Noah's family was he, his wife, and his three sons and their wives. And then uh, they were told to go ahead and, and uh, bring animals into the ark. And I'm sure Noah sat back and said, how on earth am I going to get all these animals and creatures and birds into this ark? Well, one day they just showed up. They showed up, came down in the correct pair order that the God had intended, and they went on the ark. And they sat on the ark up there, and then the door closed. And when the door closed, they sealed it up with this pitch like a tar, and they sat there and waited. And the people had never heard rain or seen rain before. It was called the antediluvian period. And then all of a sudden, they started having dripped up, dripped up on top of the ark, and there looked people in the ark are looking at them saying, what on earth is that? And the people outside are all who were laughing and, and jeering and cursing Noah and his family. They started seeing this rain start to come down. And then the canopy just dissolved away, and all that moisture just dumped on everybody. And the water down in the earth just kind of flowed up out of all these ponds and, or all these uh, springs and started flooding everything. And the people were climbing to higher ground, and the ark was sitting there until the water came up and, and made it float, and it went off and it floated. Now, to me, that's an interesting story because the, the things that they've discovered since then I uh, think they believe the ark is up in, in the, the mountains of Ararat, and they found an outline of the ark. People aren't allowed to go up there because the the uh, political, I guess, in the in the uh, the tribal laws or rules of there won't let anybody come up there to look at it and really dig into it. But those who went there before found big stones that they had holes through them. These stones they used to hang over the side of the ark, and that stabilized the ark when it's floating around the water out there. And for 150 days, that thing was out there floating around. And uh, before. Right after the the flood began and started floating everything, the people were cursing, the animals were screeching, everybody went to the higher ground, and then they got the water went above the highest mountain on earth, and it got real quiet out there. And after it was quiet, 150 days later, it touched the earth, and here's Noah and his family now sliding down this one mountain until they finally stopped. You you say 150 days, and yet uh, according to the Bible that I read, it was 40 days and 40 nights. Of rain, yeah, but the yeah. flood was 150 days. Actually, Noah and his family were on that ark for almost a year. It was a long time. 
So do you, do you really believe that there was two of every animal on this planet in the ark? I wasn't there. All I can do is say this is what the Bible says. So I, I'm, I'm having a problem understanding your, your take here, because you're saying, well, I don't know, I wasn't there, but that was what the Bible says. And That's right. So what do you? So tell me, help me understand here, because I, I'm a little lost. I'm I'm trying to understand what it is you're trying to do, and I'm having a hard time understanding that. What I'm trying to do is identify all the supernatural things that are described in the Bible, mm-hmm. and show people here's here's what's there, here's what it talks about, and you, and here's some stories that talk about there were things written based on the historical writings of the time. And you can look at that, and you can decide what you what you believe or what you want to follow. I'm trying to provide the information, Rob, so that people can decide for themselves which path they want to take. Well, why wouldn't they just be able to do that from reading the Bible themselves? It, it's it's challenging sometimes because some there's things that as I read it through mm-hmm. studying the supernatural and paranormal, I found things described that I never even realized were there before. Really? Things like like teleportation and levitation and stuff like that, and, and people appearing and disappearing. and I didn't really follow all that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have an interest in the, in the supernatural paranormal before you took this project on? A little bit, but not that much. Hmm. The, only, the only exposure I had was uh, through my brother, who's, who loves Bigfoot and likes to chase after hunting Bigfoot. What about the angels? Who are they? What are they, according to your okay. your interpretation? Well, according to what the Bible talks about, there are angels that that are in heaven, and they're in one of the dimensions up there. There's multiple dimensions. And some of the angels were sent down mm-hmm. by God to be uh, to watch out for people and watch out for God's creation. And so they came down, and they were called the Watchers. And uh, unfortunately, those Watchers became... Um, corrupt and sinful, and they became, eventually became the demons that we have around Earth. But the, there are good angels that also are up there that came down, and they're, they're also watchers, but they're called watchers and sons of God. And those angels came down, and they are down here, and they're all around us, and they are trying to protect and take care of, of the people. How has this book changed your, your outlook on religion? Uh, on the theology, it hasn't done that much. What it's done the most for me is uh, the sheer preponderance of the verses provides, for me, overwhelming evidence that there is a supernatural basis in the Bible. And that supernatural tells me that there are things out there that we don't know about, we haven't seen, but they're there. There are mm-hmm. unseen things, and there, are, there are, are creatures out there that some are here to take care of us and some are here to, to harm us. And we have to know which is the different and try and, and follow our life according to what the rules are. So, once again, I, I'm, I'm a little perplexed at, you're saying, you're basically saying the same thing that's in the Bible, except putting your own spin on it. No, no, as you go, as you go through the book... Yeah, when you read the book and you go to those verses and read those verses, you'll see that there's things in there that you never noticed before. I've had a lot of people tell me, a lot of people will take the book and they'll set it down next to the mm-hmm. Bible. They'll read my book on supernatural and strange happenings, and they'll look in the Bible and say, is that really there? And they look in there and say, it is there. I never knew it was there. I never realized that. 
All right, you'll uh, give us some examples when we come back from this news break. I'd love to hear them. Exonation, uh, Robert Brenner is our special guest. He's the author of um, an interesting book, Supernatural and Strange Happenings in the Bible, an engineer's study of the scripture. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Are you considering calling a psychic to read your situation? Then consider David Champion, a psychic medium for more than 20 years with thousands of readings under his belt. David Champion will make you feel comfortable. He has proven to be honest and accurate. He's a straight shooter. There's no guesswork. What he sees is what you get. While he is a medium, most of the calls focus on relationships, not only love, but work, school, neighbors, and more. Need help with finding a job and preparing for the interview? Are you dealing with people who are obstacles in your path? For more information, go to davidchampion.com, $1.50 per minute, paid by credit card, with a minimum of 30 minutes. For your reading with David Champion, call 1-877-702-8598. That's 1-877-702-8598. Now you can dial in to listen to the Exxon Radio Show from anywhere in the world with Rob McConnell 24-7, 365 by dialing 213-401-0080. That's 213-401-0080. If you have a mobile phone or landline, the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is now at your beck and call at 213-401-0080. That's 213-401-0080, 24-7. 365. Now you can dial in to listen to the Exxon Radio Show from anywhere in the world with Rob McConnell 24-7, 365 by dialing 213-401-0080. That's 213-401-0080. If you have a mobile phone or landline, the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is now at your beck and call at 213-401-0080. That's 213-401-0080, 24-7, 365. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back, everyone. Robert Brenner is our guest this hour. He's the author of Supernatural and Strange Happenings in the Bible, an Engineer's Study of Scripture, and his website is brennerbooks.com. Rob, can you give us a couple of examples of, of you know, what your books, you know, how your book relates to something, and then the biblical verse? Sure. The uh, first thing I'd like to uh, introduce is the, uh, the cloud, the concept of that, that pillar of fire and smoke. Okay. When the Israelites were evacuating out of Egypt and leaving and trying to escape from their, their slavery, and, what and verse, Moses was leading them. And what verse, what verse in the Bible is this? 
let's see. Oh, on the strange, uh, the the cloud. Oh, hold on a second here. I'll have to look it up. I just happen to have my handy Bible right here, so I'm going to read along with you. Cloud appears, Leviticus 9.23. And what, I'm, what I'm trying to share about the cloud, Rob, is mm -hmm. that the cloud appeared and then stayed with the Israelites all the time they were on that, that sojourn. Okay, I'm sorry, Leviticus 9? Let's see here. Cloud appears, Leviticus 9.23. Gotcha. Leviticus 9, 23. Yeah, that was about 1460 uh, BCE or BC, depending how you look at the time and dates. All right, now Leviticus 9, 23. I have Moses and Aaron then went into the tent of the meeting. When they came out, they, uh, they blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared to all people. Fire came out of the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat portions on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted for joy and fell face down. That's Leviticus 9:23. Okay. Uh, let's see. Exodus 13:21. Mm -hmm. I think that's the first appearance of the cloud. Yeah, because Leviticus. 923 doesn't say anything about a cloud. Okay, so maybe it's Exodus what? Exodus 13:21. Exodus 13:21. Okay, Exodus 13:21, let me see. By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them to their uh, their way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night. Okay? Yeah, and that, that's where it began, but that cloud appeared again and again and mm -hmm. again. Actually, the cloud ended up going inside the tent of meeting that they took with them during, during their uh, exodus. Okay, so what is what is what did you find out about this cloud? Well, the cloud has uh, supernatural powers. I guess uh, when the, the uh, parting of the Red Sea and the Israelites came across on uh, essentially dry ground, that cloud stayed between the Israelites and the pursuing Egyptians. And the Egyptian army didn't want to go any closer to it because they felt something was strange about it. And then uh, and all night long, this cloud was following the people. It took them a long time to go across that, that uh, like something like 12 or 18 miles. And he got across in the morning, and the people were coming up out of the out of the, the Red Sea, and mm -hmm. the Egyptians noticed that they were getting away, so they charged and they attacked. And the cloud swung around and went to the side of the Israelites, and it protected the Israelites. And, and uh, then uh, that's when Moses put his his uh, rod out there, and, uh, and the water all came together, and the people drowned and everything else. And there's a lot of historical evidence that this occurred, and that the the Pharaoh did indeed drown and. And after all those those troops out there drowned in the in the Red Sea, Egypt went into a big swamp, and they were attacked by another but it, country. But it, if my history if my history is correct, the pharaoh didn't didn't drown. Okay, there were there were several pharaohs. Mm -hmm. That was another thing that this this uh, fellow who did a a uh, his doctoral thesis on the history of Egypt said that one of the problems people were having 
doing the timelines, they didn't realize that there was an upper Egypt and lower Egypt, and both had their pharaohs. But anyway, what I'm trying to get to is that that cloud is there, and the cloud then went ahead and mm-hmm. led the people. So as they went out into the desert, mm-hmm. that cloud was with them, ahead of them. And little instances, like uh, when there was an argument between uh, uh, who was a Miriam and Moses and Aaron, and uh, Miriam was all upset because Moses uh, married a Cushite woman, and uh, she felt that he should have married an, a Jewish, a Hebrew woman. And uh, they were called before the cloud, and it, from that cloud, God spoke out and just chewed Miriam up one side and down the other, and then she instantly got uh, leprosy, and she had to go out and... Uh, away from the camp for seven days until she cleared up and she could come back. But that, that was done, and what's fascinating about that is when you look at that, that Miriam wanted him to marry a Hebrew, the Cushites, were the black people. And so at that time, there wasn't a racial difference in people. There, If you're black or white or whatever color you were, it didn't matter if you were in love. Well, you know, the, the biggest misconception that people have about religion and, and uh, theology is that, number one, Christ wasn't a Caucasian. Christ was, was from the Middle East. All the pictures that you see of Christ being, you know, white skin, blue eyes, brown hair, you know, this is all wrong. It's all marketing. Christ was from yes, the Middle East. He had dark skin. Yep. He had dark eyes. He had dark hair. You know, so I, this is why when it comes to the, the Bible, I, I think it's the greatest story book that has ever been written. And we really can't, okay. we really can't say what or who was actually behind the Bible because at the Council of Nicaea, there were a lot of chapters taken out, and throughout history, there has been a lot of editing done. So how can how, so how can we take I mean, any so how can we take anything that is in the Bible as if you'll excuse the expression gospel truth? Those are choices that you as an individual have to make, and if you choose to to say the Bible's nothing but a fictional story, that's your choice, and that's the path you want to be on. But I look at things like uh, the the new Bibles today and the Bible mm-hmm. back during the days of. of uh, the King James Version back in 1611 when he wrote that. Yeah. The very first thing in the Bible says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And yet mm-hmm. the newer Bibles today say, in the beginning God created heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. And so I asked the person who read through my, my book, and, and he's uh, very knowledgeable in Hebrew and Greek, and I mm-hmm. said, what is it? Is it, is, it the, is it heaven or heavens? And he, he rattled off in Hebrew and he said, it's heavens, it's plural. There are more than one heavens. Well, you know... <laughs> Uh, in in my Bible, by the way, it does say God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, so you know, so we're on the same page as far as that uh, that is concerned. But once again, when we when we look at what we know now compared to what was known back at the time of the writing of the Bible, I I believe that if the things that happened in the Bible that seem to have been so mysterious or supernatural back then, if they happened today they could be very easily explained. Well, there are things happening today that are, mm-hmm. are also supernatural, and there are things in the Bible that are supernatural, at least I believe they are, because I take it for what I read it, and mm-hmm. I haven't found anything that would, uh, that would counter that. E- even dragons. Um, you know, in the early Bible, they had a lot of things about dragons. They were mentioned in a lot of places. I think it's only like 38 places in the 
King James, but yet you go the newer, mm-hmm. the newer Bibles, and they don't mention dragons, and yet dragons existed. If dragons existed, how come we haven't found any fossil evidence of a dragon? We've got, we've got the uh, drawings of the dragons, and we've got historical records of the Chinese raising dragons, and they were actually having the dragons pull around carts around in their royal palaces and stuff. Well, once again, there's no proof. There's no evidence. Oh, so you're saying it's all, it's all fabricated? I'm saying that a lot of what people talk about the paranormal is, is fabricated. Look, let, you know, like, I've, I've been doing this show for 23 years. And over those 23 years, I've talked to thousands of people. And all the people I've talked to, they believe what they have read, but when it comes to providing evidence, there is no evidence. Whether it's Bigfoot, whether it's Loch Ness Monster, whether it's a UFO, whether it's a ghost, whether it's a, uh, a rolling stone that gathers no moss. I call it the Santa, Claus, uh, the Santa Claus Syndrome. We all want to believe. We all believe in Santa Claus Christmas Eve because we all want to believe. We all want to believe there's more to this existence than, than we can see, than we can feel. And plus, the supernatural, the paranormal, whatever you want to call it, is a, is a great scapegoat for reality. If you can't cope with reality, you just believe in the paranormal. If you can't accept what's happening in the world today, you hope, you know, the aliens are going to come down and, and save us all. So you don't believe in the resurrection either, then? I believe, I believe, no, let, let, no, I don't. No, okay. you know, no, I don't. I believe. And you don't I, believe that. You don't. You don't believe that that uh, Jesus brought Lazarus back to life. I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So how can I believe in something that I did not see, or, or you know, I didn't see for myself? Okay, so you you have to touch things and see things yourself, and and you don't take it on on faith or on on what you read of something that occurred. You want to actually be there and see the proof. I, whether I'm there or the proof is brought to me, yes, then I believe. I can't understand people who take words at face value and believe in it. I don't understand that. Okay. I never well, have. That, you know, that, that, that's a choice that you made, and that, that's, that's fine. There, there's things that, that I found in there that mm-hmm. I, I do believe and I believe happened. That's just me. That's that's the take I have, and that's the path that I'm on. For example, if we take if we take the the story of Noah, and all the waters covered all the earth. Now, how high is the tallest mountain? You take the ti- the height of the tallest mountain, anywhere in the world, because according to the Bible, this was a worldwide flood. Then you take the the rate that it would take to evaporate to go down to where it is today. Where would the water go? Where did the water come from? How did, how did Noah get penguins, polar bears? How did Noah get a kangaroo? You mean that the kangaroo? Oh, it wasn't there. Exactly. But the average, the average height of the land is about 5,000 feet above sea level, mm-hmm. and the average depth of the ocean is about 12,000 feet. 
Okay. And they said if, if all the land gets pushed into the oceans, then the earth is going to be covered by about a mile deep in water. All right, so if that did happen, what happened to reverse the process? From what the Bible says, the wind came up and things started evaporating and the water went down to a certain level and actually it wasn't all the way down to where it was because in, in the, uh, what's in the Baltic, they found that, that uh, sea, that beach down on the bottom, 500 feet down deep where they had the boats and they had pottery and stuff like that and they said that shows that there was a cataclysmic flood and the flood never went back to the same levels. If you were to take Noah and his family and start propagation. That would mean that everyone on this planet would have identical DNA. We don't. Science has proved that story wrong, time in and time out. If Noah and his family had to repopulate this planet, there would be DNA proof of that. It's not there. How come? I haven't, I haven't looked at that. How come? I don't know the answer to that. I haven't gotten into that, that aspect of, of science. If you were to take, once again, Noah and his family and work, do the math, the math doesn't work for the amount of population that we have today. We're... I believe that there might have been a flood in that area of the world. But I do not believe that it was a worldwide cataclysmic event. Okay. You're entitled to your choice on that, what you feel and you believe. That's okay. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. You and I have to take our final break. Stand by. Exxon Nation, our guest this hour is Robert Brenner. He is the author of Supernatural and Strange Happenings in the Bible, an engineer study of Scripture. And his website is www.brennerbooks.com. That's www.brennerbooks.com. And um, we'll, we've got to take a commercial break. But before we do, don't forget, we're trying to raise money for Sylvia's Haven so that we can help Sylvia. Sylvia Anthony, take care of homeless women and their families and put a Sylvia's Haven in each state. Visit her online at www.sylviasdream.org. That's the fundraising part that we're doing with Indiegogo. Or you can visit Sylvia's Sylvia's Haven website at www.sylviashaven.org. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break. Don't go away. Each new extreme weather event or terrorist act, it becomes increasingly obvious that we live in uncertain and challenging times. We all buy car insurance. Why not collapse and catastrophe insurance? Matthew Stein, an MIT-trained engineer and green builder, has written two outstanding books to help people prepare, plan for, and deal with everything from minor situations lasting a few days to full-on collapse. Matt's first book, When Technology Fails, is a manual for self-reliance, sustainable living, and surviving the long emergency. This massive book covers the gamut from first aid and emergency preparedness to alternative healing, 
renewable energy, primitive living skills, and 18th century technologies that could be critical to your comfort and survival in a long-lasting crisis. Matt's second book, When Disaster Strikes, is a comprehensive emergency preparedness handbook and survival guide. When Disaster Strikes is an essential item for every family's go-bag. Both books are available at all usual sources. There's a wealth of totally free information posted at whentechfails.com and author-signed copies may be purchased at mattstein.com. That's www.whentechfails.com and www.mattstein.com. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Explanation of Robert Brenner's our guest this hour. We're talking about Robert's new book. It's entitled Supernatural and Strange Happenings in the Bible, an Engineer's Study of Scripture. His website is brennerbooks.com. Another part that has always has always raised eyebrows with me was when, when we talk about Cain and Abel, Adam and Eve, and, um, you know, one brother kills the other. God puts his mark on the head of the um, uh, of Cain so that everyone would know that this mark was by God. Now, if we look at it, Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, I'm sure Adam and Eve knew their own son, but then what it says later on, it says that um, Cain crossed the desert, went over the mountains where there was a village and he took a wife. Now where the hell did they come from? To me, these... I don't know. You see, these are the questions that I have. And when I look for answers, I I look to science, I look to history. And when it came to the Noah story... The obvious answer was, well, if Noah and his family had to repopulate the earth, 
then the DNA would be the same. There'd be traces of your DNA and me, mine and you, and, and, the, and so on and so forth. But there's not. So that takes care of that story. The resurrection of Christ, I don't know. I wasn't there. Lazarus, once again, I don't know. I wasn't there. You're right. I, I am a person who requires proof. I require evidence. And when it comes to people putting stuff in the internet, well, I'm sorry. The internet, in my opinion, is the biggest septic tank that man has ever created. So as much as I, wa I, I want to believe, I really do want to believe. But I want to see the proof. I want to see the evidence. Because when you look How at... How are you searching for that evidence? Well, for one thing, I talk to scientists, I talk to, I talk to historians, I talk to paleontologists, I go to museums, I go to lectures at universities. Have you had an opportunity to uh, see the DVD that, uh, what's the name, Lee Strobel put out called The Case for a Creator, where he went out and talked to a number of scientists around the country? No, no, I do that on my own. I don't have to see anybody's DVD. You know, this is what the show is about. And this is what we do. We bring both sides of the coin to the audience and let them decide. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, because that's what it's all about. Finding the truth. And in my experience, the truth is out there. You just have to really dig for it and connect all the dots. Just don't get to a certain point where you believe you found the truth. Challenge that truth. Five ways to Sunday. And if you get the same result, Absolutely. all five ways. No, no problem with that. Yeah. If, if, there's a, if there's something else out there, then just prove it. I'm okay. Yeah. Well, you and I have got to say so long for tonight. It's uh, been great. I wish, you, I wish you success with your book. And Exonation, if you'd like to find out more about Robert Brenner and his book, his website is brennerbooks.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. Whether you need to restock the fridge or just have a sudden, intense craving for cheese puffs, Kroger Delivery will get you just what you need in as little as 30 minutes. From groceries to household items, Kroger delivers right to your door. So don't let one major craving have you reaching for your car keys. Open the Kroger app and start your cart, whatever the cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Delivery times not guaranteed. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Sometimes life can feel like a pressure cooker. From our work life to our personal lives and relationships, there's so much to balance. It's easy to feel weighed down when you're experiencing anxiety, stress, or sadness. Guess what? You are not alone. Support is all around you. No matter where you are, all you need to do is ask. Let us help you find a community at churchescare.com. Churches are communities of care. Go to churches.care.com to explore the possibilities. Churches care. Dot com.